welcome to Chats with Chin, the podcast with fresh content and fun, informative topics. And I, Shin, the host, give you, the audience, short, interesting episodes that you'll love. Okay, so I am here with my granddad again, and today I'm going to chat with him about being an architect. So, hello, granddad. Hello, Shun. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Shun. And you too, I hope? Uh, yes, I'm very good, thank you. So, can you just first tell me what inspired you to become an architect? Well, Shun, I was always interested in drawing and in buildings. And when I was very young, I used to sketch, you know, just a freelance when I was quite young. And people said to me, oh, you should become an architect. And I was always interested in sketching and buildings and so on. But uh, I had a cousin who was a, uh, an architect, and she said, oh, you need to be very good at maths. And I wasn't pretty good at maths to become an architect. And uh, that put me off it. And I really didn't think I would become an architect. I began to think of maybe some other career, the law or something like that. And then my, our family moved from Ennis to Cork when we were uh, finished school, more or less when I finished school. And the idea was we'd myself and my brothers and sisters, we would go to third level here in Cork, but there was no architectural school in Cork. So I didn't really think, given that I wasn't good at maths and there was no school of architecture in Cork, uh, there were only two schools in Dublin and one in Belfast. So I thought I'd have to have some other career. Then a, a course started yeah. in architecture uh, in the Crawford School of Art. And I was amazed. I, I applied and I was accepted. And oh, I- so, what did you experience when you were there? Well, it was uh, obviously very interesting. It was, uh, you know, meeting a whole new group of people, uh, a whole new career. Uh, it was very exciting because architecture is a very, I think, a great career. There's so much to do. You start off with small design projects when you're a stu- student, you know, something quite small, maybe like a, a gatehouse or a small bungalow, and gradually you do bigger and bigger projects. So it's very engaging. Also, it takes a, a lot of your time. You didn't have that as much social time maybe as other uh, students had because you had to draw up all your projects as you went along it was constantly happening you just didn't uh, like other uh, careers wait to study towards the end of the year it was almost continuous mm-hmm. assessment you were doing projects all the time and you were being assessed on them so it was yeah. very interesting very interesting um you said that you met many new people did you make many friends in architecture Oh, I did, yes. Very good friends who are still friends of mine uh, from that course uh, in Cork. There were only 17, I think, of us when we started. So we're a very close group. And as I said, we would spend a lot, of, you spend a lot of your time in the studio, uh, even when your, uh, co- your classes or your lectures had ended. You would uh, be drawing up there. You'd be there till late at night. We were allowed to stay in till quite late. And so you became very good friends with people and... Uh, Often we'd go on our summer holidays together with groups of us who would 
or students together because you had a huge interest in, in this uh, subject of architecture. It's a very old embracing. I, often, I had a brother who was a doctor. I often thought it was similar in the way that medicine kind of grabs people and absorbs them. They're so involved with their work in mm-hmm. hospital. The same way in architecture, you're very involved in your your projects and they absorb you all the time. As I say, it's not something you kind of go to lectures and then put off hard studying till the end of the year. It's it's ongoing all the time. Yeah. Um, did you lose any of your old friends? Um, I think over time I did because when I, uh, I spent three years in Cork and then the course really uh, was unsure whether it would continue. So I decided to go to the School of Architecture in the College of Technology in Oxford. Um, so I lost some contact then. And subsequent to that, then when I qualified in Oxford, I went to America. And of course, you lose contact over time um, because I've spent three to four years there. So uh, when I came back, uh, some of the people that I'd studied with had gone off and gone to other parts of the country, to Dublin, Waterford and so on. But I've always renewed. We've had reunions and there's still uh, a number of the architects who were very good friends with, well, very good friends with, who are living here in the Cork area. So I've been lucky. to what it felt like were you excited to become an architect i was yes i think it's very very challenging you look forward to getting your first job you know and how you'll do it you're you've studied you've seen other people you've worked with other architects but you can't wait to get your own job you know and obviously you'll start fairly small most people will uh, you work with an architect but when you set up in your own practice then um you you wait to see what you'll get, and normally it starts something small, but like extensions for friends or for some family to their house or to their business. Yeah. And eventually you'll get more and more larger projects, hopefully, as you become better known and you show what you can do. But it's, it's a, you know, there is a certain tension when you start off. Will you meet the requirements of your client and will you give them what they really are looking for? Yeah. And was it frightening? I wouldn't say frightening, no, but, you know, it's challenging. You you hope you'll sometimes, you know, when you'd, uh, you'd get a project and then you'd have to present it uh, to a, maybe to a, a, a whole boardroom of, of people uh, and you'd wonder how they'd react. I remember once we had a project for a large American company and we had to go to America and meet with the chairman of their board who was formerly an admiral uh, in the United States Navy and you know his decision everyone waited till he we made our presentation showed what the building would look like and everyone waited to see what would he say was he say this is I like this or I don't and you know no one spoke until he spoke and then when he the air was quite tense what would he think of it and eventually he spoke up and luckily for us he liked what we were proposing then everyone joined in of course and we were relieved that was one of the most tense times I had in my career but normally we'd have ongoing conversations with the client and meetings with them um, as the project progressed so you know, it, it would never get to that kind of uh, tense moment when you'd say, oh, gosh, uh, the client would say, no, 
um, he'd, he'd have seen hopefully enough as you progress the design. Um, yeah. Um, so you said that that was one of the most tense bits, but what was the highlight of being an architect? I suppose the satisfaction of seeing your building uh, completed. I often think that compared to another career, any other career, like I don't think like say an accountant or a solicitor, I know their jobs are interesting, but at the end of the day, you see what you've designed, whether it's a house or a school or a factory or a race course or whatever. And you can look at it and hopefully you'll, you'll like what you see. You've created something unique, something that hasn't been there before. Hopefully it'll make an impact in the landscape and in the townscape, wherever you build it. And that people would say, that looks good. You've made an addition. You've improved the environment. I enjoyed schools most, I think, because I thought, you know, you hope that the designs that you did help the students and the staff to uh, the students to learn better in a more enjoyable environment and the staff to work in a nice environment. I thought schools, we did a lot of other work like factories, as I say, and other hospital work and so on. But I always found school, the second level mostly is what we did. I found those were the most satisfying to design. Yeah. Um, so, um, what was the thing you learned about most when you were being an architect? Like, what did you learn about that you use now in modern days? I think one of the most interesting aspects, Shun, of being an architect is you see into the lives of a lot of other people who you otherwise wouldn't know about maybe for instance when you are designing a school you'll talk with the various staff members the whether it be the um the science uh, teacher the domestic economy or whatever the pe teacher for the sports hall uh, obviously the principal keeps an overriding hand on everything but you get to know what their requirements is are rather you also like when you're you maybe work in hospitals and you you know you, you go and see how the surgeons uh, work the anesthetists and so on you go one of the most interesting jobs i suppose we worked on a few race courses like the Mallow race course then you meet people who who input into the design they would be the um obviously the management of the race course but then you'd meet the horse trainers the jockeys the people who run the tote and so on all of those have their specific requirement they want to put into that building and you have to you you get to know what their interests are what their requirements are what their priorities are and you see uh, a whole variety of different people and meet a whole variety of different people with different backgrounds and careers and i think that's one of the most interesting things about architecture yes um so when you are or when you were designing a house, what would be more important to you, form or function? Well, both, I think. Uh, they, they, uh, there is an architectural adage that says form follows function. Uh, in other words, it is how and what the, how the building uh, functions that dictates the form it will eventually end up. But, of course, then you have the input of the site as well. Um, that might influence it. But... Um, you know, you want to uh, try and make, you want to, it's just not uh, good enough to create a, a fine looking building if it doesn't function properly. You know, if the kitchen's too small, if there isn't uh, easy access from the kitchen into the dining area, if, um, for instance, the 
you know, the bedrooms aren't uh, large enough for the requirements of fitting in, as you were talking about in your chat show just the other day, if you can't fit in nice bed, desk, bedside table, wardrobes, and so on, you know, it must function properly if the, but then, you know, you might must consider where the door is going to be placed so it doesn't it's in a good location, doesn't use up valuable wall space where windows are placed and so on. You've got to make it work properly, function properly. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's no use having it fine looking if uh, it's not usable for people. So function is hugely important, but it shouldn't dictate everything. Though. It must, this is where the architect skills come in. He must be able to create a beautiful building not just something that's structurally sound and that kind of fulfills its function. Uh, it must have a, an element of beauty that makes it an enjoyable place to look at, to live in and to, to work in. Yes. So um, you said that it has to be a nice place to look at, to live in and to work in, just there. Um, would you be dictating a lot of the things that make the house look how it is? Yes, I think as as the architect, you're primarily the person who decides it and you prepare drawings. And when you've designed it, you prepare, say, perspectives or maybe make a model of the building and you present it to the client. Sometimes the client will say, no, I want uh, I want a traditional looking building. Uh, you would like maybe as an architect to do a more contemporary, a modern one. But sometimes you had to compromise and say, oh, the client said, well, you know, it's not I want to. Uh, a Georgian looking building as though it was built in the 18th century, which is a bit of an imposition. But if that's what the client wants and you're prepared to do it, then you have to uh, accede to the client's wishes there because ultimately they're going to be the ones who are going to pay for it and it's, they have the final say. But you hope you'd have an understanding of what the client wants and that you'll meet their requirements. But you'd be the one that they'd be looking to to see the aesthetic, even if it's a Georgian building, that you would make it look like a good Georgian building, not a really mawkish effort at it, as you can see. Yes. So a lot of responsibility. Yeah, and you said there's a lot of responsibility. Were you under a lot of pressure? You would be from time to time. You're always under some pressure because uh, once clients have decided they might have been thinking about building something for years, like a school board might have been trying to get funding from the Department of Education. Finally, the department says, we want to go ahead. Then the client, whether the principal and the staff, they can't wait. They want that as quickly as possible. Equally, if a client has been thinking of building and finally they bought the site, they have the money from the bank or whatever, and they want it up as quickly as possible. So there's always an element of pressure and you'd have several projects going on at the same time so you've kind of got to balance them up and uh, that's part of it but then I think everybody in the modern day works under a certain amount of pressure and of course modern technology even puts you under more pressure because people uh, can see exactly day to day what you're doing if they're uh, if you're doing it all on uh, CAD that is uh, on computers uh, they have the ability to get in to see what you've been doing so that puts you under another uh, element of pressure that's new to to architecture yeah and can you tell me a bit more about what would happen if a client disagreed with you well i suppose uh you know you'd hope you'd uh you would 
reach a compromise. Uh, as I say, in the end of the day, you either decide that uh, you will um, have to compromise with the client or else if you really didn't, you had a falling out of them, you say, well, look, I'm not prepared to really do this. I think it's terrible. <clears throat> it doesn't. It's not what I would think uh, is the appropriate way to deal with this particular building. And some architects will, will walk away from a client and say, sorry, um, you'll have to find somebody else. I just, we don't see eye to eye. Uh, it, helps, it happens seldom enough. And most people will, will reach a compromise. And also by the time an, a client has selected the architect, they normally have selected them because they, get, they, they have met them and talked to them, interviewed them, and they know there's someone they'll hopefully get on with. So it's a bit unusual that you have a total falling out but it has happened in the past. Yes, it could happen. Yeah. And it must have been kind of hard when you don't know exactly how it will turn out. Yes, I think you're, as I say, there's always that uncertain element. Though you have, as an architect, you've had done a number of projects. For most clients, say a house might be the only time they've ever had a building and it's the only house they've ever built. You'd have had designed a number of them, so you have more experience, you know, the options, the different ways you can do things, and you have that advantage. But uh, it's sometimes for a client, it can be a, a learning process, and uh, say you only, they only get one chance to get it right, and hopefully you'll help them to get it right, because uh, this is when your skills and your training has led you to, and your experience in other projects will be of assistance then to the client, who many times is only doing something for the first time and maybe the only time in their life dealing with an architect in a new building. Yeah, and it must have been kind of hard as well on them because, well, the clients, I mean, because they also don't know also how it will turn out, but it must have been kind of hard for them as well. So oh, Yes, it is, and their money is involved and they want to, the right product at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, would you like to change any of the buildings that you have designed over the years? Oh yes, Shun. I think uh, every architect would love to have another chance. You, you, you know, unlike say a designer of cars, they can do prototypes. They can try out different uh, designs for several times before they arrive at the final design of a new model. As an architect, you only get one chance at the building and you hope you get it right. But you always see things maybe afterwards, you say, oh gosh, if I had a chance, I would do that a bit differently and so on. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a, a natural thing. It's I'm sure that sculptors and painters, anyone and people who write music, uh, they always feel they could improve it uh, again, you know, if they got another opportunity. Uh, but, you know, that's part of the creative process and, uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with that either. It's just the way things go. Yeah. Yeah, and it could also help people learn as well, learn from yes. their mistakes and things like that. Oh yes, yes. I think, uh, you know, you do. You 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 grow from one building to the next, and you see things that didn't work and things that did work, and say, well, now next time, I know what I'll do there. So it's seldom. I did get one chance where one client came along to me and they said they'd liked a school I had designed. And they wanted a similar one. Now, it didn't end up similar in every way, but it, it incorporated a lot of the features of the school that they liked. So it was a great opportunity to kind of improve on the one that was a similar plan, but uh, a different. 
expression externally. It was a great opportunity to, if you like, to learn from the first one and improve it the second time. Yeah. And would you think you had regret making any decisions or... Yes, I think you you will have things you say. Oh gosh, you know, I, I maybe I, that wasn't the way I should have done it. Uh, uh, here's something I could have done better. Yes, I think that's common uh, amongst anyone, as I say, who's doing something creative, and you only get one chance at it. Um, unlike, say, a designer, say if they were going to do a dress, say, well, they can try out a few different shapes and forms and colors before they arrive at the final one. They were satisfied, but really doesn't happen in architecture. You can make drawings, you make models, you try to simulate it. Nowadays with three dimension, you can ha walk through the building and you hope you get it right. But it would be normal, I think, in part of the whole creative process that you'd always feel, gosh, I, I'd love to have another chance at that again. But you'd never have overwhelming regrets, hopefully, that you made a, a right mess of it. But hopefully you'd feel that you, you'd come close to what was the client wanted and what you wanted yeah and um what advice would you give to anyone that is thinking of becoming an architect well i'd i'd ask i'd uh, advise i would recommend it as a great career i think it's the most interesting one and you can you know when you travel and so on you'll be looking at other architecture whether it be historic architecture, great cathedrals or new buildings, there's always something of interest. It adds hugely to life. So I would encourage them. Um, I would certainly uh, ask, uh, ask them how, you know, had the creative ability, was it just more than being very good academically? Because a lot of people would get good points and say, well, maybe I'll do architecture because that requires a lot of points. Uh, might want to do it. They might be very intelligent, very good at maths, very good at science, but they mightn't be able to be creative. And so I think it's important to understand uh, the creative aspect. And you'd have to ask them, do you really um, understand you'll be required to do creative work? And is that what interests you? Oftentimes, you know from people, they like art or art, um, sculpture or something like that. And you could see that that would be their interest and that they'd probably make a good architect. Yeah. But I would certainly... Yes, I think it's a great career and I would encourage anyone who's really interested to persevere with it and go around and look at buildings and see how they're put together, talk to architects, maybe talk to someone in practice uh, and find out how, what the life of an architect's like before they immerse themselves in it. But nowadays with career guidance, I think students can, are well directed to the career that suits their abilities. Yeah, and you said that um, they should find out more about an architect's life, and that's what we did today. And I am really grateful that we had this chat. Um, I found it very interesting. Delighted to help you. Yes, I found it very interesting, and thank you so much for chatting with me. And I hope to see you again soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and I will see you soon. Bye.